All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with a very special edition of Kicking with the King. Um, obviously, we're not at a normal stomping grounds, but we were able to carve out some time for another special segment, special episode of Kicking with the King with yours truly. It's September 29th, 2020. Good to be back here. Like I said, we got, we're able to carve out some time to come up and have a great show today, ladies and gentlemen. So tune in, sit back and relax. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. KWTK Pod, Twitter, Instagram, KWTK Pod as well. G the King Official on Instagram. G the King, GT King Official on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, join the conversation. Hashtag KWTK Pod. Questions, comments, concerns, anything of the essence, anything you need. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here, baby. All day, all night. It's good to be back here. Let's start it all off. Um, I know and hope you guys enjoyed the UFC 251 post show that I put on. <coughs> Excuse me, I don't have COVID or anything else like that. Um, but it's good to be back. And obviously, like I said, it was a great night of fights. I was able to watch a lot of the prelims after that. After I additionally had watched and recapped the fights on the last episode of the podcast, I went and rewatched a lot of the fights that I missed the prelims and stuff. I was able to watch the main and co-main, but I wasn't able to really. Uh, you know, watch the prelims, and there was a lot of good prelims and stuff like that. Jake Matthews with the big win and stuff. Um, obviously, you know, um, Kaikar France, Brandon Royval, that was a good fight. Um, Caitlin Vieira winning, looking impressive as well. Um, and also, like I said, how can you just go? I mean, the main motivation and main point for this podcast is looking at the body of work that Jan Blahovich has been able to, to, to formulate throughout his UFC career. Because, you know, looking at it originally, like, who in the fuck are in all respects to Jan Blahovich? But, you know, realistically, based off his the way he, he fought in the UFC, based off, you know, the body of work, you know, based off, you know, how he started off his UFC career, two and four, you know, he's kind of a mid-tier kind of fighter. And, you know, you know, he's a tough guy. He's a big win, you know. You know, he's not a cakewalk for anybody. But you beat a guy like Jan Blahovic, you might be, you know, back back at that specific time, you might just be ready for maybe a top 15 guy. That's the kind of spot Jan was at. I mean, obviously, Corey Anderson had an easy first win over Jan, Jimmy Manuel as well. But, you know, the fortunate part about Jan Blahovic honestly is the fact that he came back and avenged those two losses that he did have and you know in, in, in impressive fashion now he hasn't avenged every single one of his UFC losses but two of his significant UFC losses in my opinion have you know he's gotten revenge and he's looked good doing it so I mean it's crazy to say that Jan Blahovich in 2020 is a UFC light heavyweight champion you know obviously and we can't think about this division without being reminded of one John Jones who looms over the top of this and speaking of John Jones you see the crazy Twitter rampage that John Jones has been on since fight night it's been absolutely fantastic I love when John excessively tweets like that I mean tweeting at Israel Adesanya tweeting at Jan Bohovic probably soon to tweet at Cormier but everyone seems to be mad at Cormier as well Connor is talking shit about Cormier um, Jan Blahovic sat and said calling DC fat and said oh come over come something about coming and let me teach you a lesson or some shit like that. Let me read the tweet. Let me actually pull it up. Because that, yeah, that shit was pretty funny. We only got uh, probably we only got a little, little bit of time left here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, we barely just started it. But, you know, we kind of only come in here to talk 
briefly about things that have happened. Um, but a matchup with John Jones and Jan Blahovic, you know, that's a fresh matchup. As I said, I'm a big fan of fresh matchups. I'm a big fan of fights that, you know, get people excited. Obviously, I think John Jones, any fight that John Jones is a part of, it's, it, tends, it tends to get people excited. John Jones versus John Blahovic. I mean, John Jones, obviously, people are going to sit here and say this. I don't necessarily believe this is true, but they're saying that, you know, John is afraid of Reyes. That's why he never gave any indication that he wanted that rematch. He talked about moving up to heavyweight, but then again, that pulls you back to the scenario to say that, you know, that's not nearly, that's not the, the easy way out. <laughs> that's the thing. That's not the easy way, a easy way out. The heavyweight division is equally as scary. There's equally talented guys up there. Um, maybe not necessarily like the most like decorated. It's not absolutely stacked like, oh my God, watch out for the heavyweight division. Now there is some fucking monsters there. Francis Ngannou's, Curtis Blades of the world, Alistair Over. You get a heavyweight John Jones, who's never lost in his entire career. You know, take away the Matt Hamill fight, man. John Jones, man. John Jones at heavyweight? Are you kidding me? That's going to be awesome. That would be a nice sight, man. I'm curious to see how he would do. I'm curious to see how his cardio and how his endurance and how his strength holds up and how, you know, obviously he's shown a bunch of times that he can take a big shot. Not necessarily planning on taking a big shot. I hope not sincerely. But John Jones obviously wants to do big things and legacy things. And, you know, um, he's, he's fought at light heavyweight since 2011. Well, probably longer than that, but, you know, he started his reign off in 2011, you know, being the champion, and only only fans that, uh, only, excuse me, not only fans, what the fuck, the only people that have been the light heavyweight champion since 2011 has been Daniel Cormier and John Jones. Daniel Cormier, John Jones, now Jan Blahovich. Absolutely fantastic, absolutely bananas, absolutely crazy. You know, fast forward to John Jones. John Jones moves up to heavyweight. There's no clear-cut opponent for him. Right now, John Jones is in that kind of position where, you know, he, he doesn't need to fight any clear-cut contender. It's just what fight makes the most sense for him. Because he's defended his belt, man. He's cleaned out that division. You know, so what? Look at the light heavyweight division's top ten. Glover Teixeira got a good win. John already beat the fuck out of Glover. John already beat Dominic Reyes. I mean, John hasn't fought the likes like Volkan Ozdemir, but a lot of the light heavyweight division all respects the light heavyweight division. But to John, the UFC light heavyweight division isn't that exciting. A lot of, I said this the other day on the post show, I am not holding back from what I said. The light heavyweight division is essentially John Jones and Daniel Cormier's sloppy seconds. And, you know, you're left, they're left to gamble and left to fight and left to see who, who the baddest man or, you know, I was going to say or woman. There's no women in the light heavyweight. But see the, who the baddest man on the planet is. And right now, that's Jan Blahovich. So the ball is in his park. What's next for Jan Blahovich? We did talk about this on the post show. But now it's a little bit more fresh. I, I did some thinking, you know, after you know, a couple of days. Probably less than a little bit more over 24 hours. But I, I started thinking, you know, Tiago Santos has this fight with Glover Teixeira, the streaking Glover Teixeira. I do believe he's on a three or four fight win streak. So, you know, Glover Teixeira beats Tiago Santos. He could be, you know, contested for the next shot at Jan Blachowicz. And that's the best part about this. I know I call the division John Jones and Daniel Cormier's sloppy seconds. But when you got John Jones out of the picture, 
fortunately, you're giving fighters who fought John and weren't going to probably be the champion as long as John was been in that division. You're giving these guys who just fought fought John Jones and who are unsuccessful. You're giving them an opportunity. You're giving them a chance to become a champion. You're you're making the the dreams kind of come true, if you will. You know, obviously, John Jones will fully and always loom over that division. But, you know, still, but still, it depends on how you look at it. And if you want to look at the body of work that Blahovich has put in and the unfortunate start to his UFC career and how he's persevered and pushed through at 37 years of age and become the light heavyweight champion of the world, regardless of John Jones is looming, regardless John Jones is tweeting up a storm, whatever John wants to do, I'm sure he's going to do it. I think personally that he has uh, his eyes set at heavyweight. The question is, which fight makes the most sense for John? I mean, right now, look, we break it off into barriers. We look at light heavyweight. There's really nobody that makes a lot of sense. It's more so like fights that, you know, eh, you're like, I want to see John Jones fight this guy, fight that guy. It's not going to be like a, oh my God, like a Connor Diaz kind of vibe or something like that. It, it's kind of just like a, you know, it's just like, come on, we need John Jones to fight. We haven't seen John fight in a while, and it would be nice to see him fight again, you know? And for me, I say it more times than not, John Jones belongs in fights that make sense. Big money fights. Big money fights. He belongs in big money fights. And, and like I said, like, if he was a new champion, if he wasn't John Jones, if he just barely freshly won the belt or something like that, then for, for sure, I'd have him fight the viable and more, most deserving contenders, but it's John Jones. John Jones has done everything he needs to do in that division. So I don't want to see here, sit here and see people say that the Reyes fight was close because the first Gustafson fight was close. And what did John do? He came back, and I said this a bunch of times, he came back and he smashed him. What did John do in the first fight with Cormier? Handle him with ease. It was, it was a close fight, but at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, John Jones won that fight. And there shouldn't be anybody that said Cormier won the fight. The rounds were close. However, they weren't convincing. Second time John fought DC, what happened? John Jones stops him. And press the fashion. What does John versus DC 1 and 2 have to, uh, you know, similar to John and Gustafson? What do those two fights have in common? All four fights. What do all four fights have in common? Two of those fights were decision, and two of those fights were knockouts. John Jones does not need to fight Dominic Reyes. Let me just say that right then and there. He does not need to fight Dominic Reyes again. And I don't think, honestly, and, you know, crazier things have happened in the sport. But I don't think they, they meet again. At least not right now. Like I said, John Jones is in a league of his own, similarly to Connor, similarly to GSP. What did GSP do? He came back four years plus later and fought Bisping. You know, no one, he didn't come back and slowly ease his way up the 170 pound ladder. No. John Jones, or GSP, came and fought a big money fight that made a lot of sense. Ooh, the return of GSP. And on top of that, what happened? GSP looked fantastic. He looked like he hadn't missed a step. I mean, he's in a league of his own. I mean, he's not going to be fighting contenders anytime soon, right? Similarly to John Jones. I mean, John Jones did fight the last, you know, pretty two, 
top contenders in the UFC. Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes. Same thing went with for DC. He defended both the heavyweight and light heavyweight title. John Jones did as well. So going back to John Jones, John Jones is in a league of his own. And what I mean by that is the fact that, you know, he doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to. So for people, I keep saying it. I know I keep reiterating it. I keep backing my words up, I know. But I just can't fathom people thinking that John is scared. Why would he be scared to fight Dominic Reyes? Dominic Reyes is such a tricky guy to figure out. You've got to give him the respect where the respect is deserved. You know, it's heartbreaking. I can't imagine how Dominic is feeling right now. I know that he had um, a close fight with John, and a lot of people thought Dominic won. So that makes the, the loss to, it makes the loss a little bit more unfortunate for him, but at the end of the day, like it's a, nothing's guaranteed in that sport, in the sport. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing is guaranteed. You, oh, you're thinking you're next for the title shot. Nope, not always. Doesn't matter, I mean, look at Tony first and look how long it took him to get a shot. And you know, he lost. He risked it all, he fought Gaethje. Unfortunately lost. See what happened. It happens to the best guys. I mean, John Jones's time may come, but I just don't think that there's any viable contenders that John needs to fight up against. I mean, Jan Blachowicz, maybe Jan Blachowicz, maybe John goes and fights Jan Blachowicz, and then after that, I don't know what else. There's nothing. <laughs> Can you think of any surging contenders? I mean, I mean, that light heavyweight division, that gold belt before John Jones even came in there was passed around like a fucking like a fucking uh, girl that's from the streets. You know, like a hoe. Just ran through. No one would even hold on to the belt. Machida got it from Rashad, who got it from Forrest, who got it from Rampage. Rampage, I think, fought Dan Henderson or something like that for the inaugural middleweight belt or some shit like that. But then, like, that, that belt was passed around. Nobody was able to hold on to it except for John. That's what makes John so impressive. That's the thing. Not a lot of people think about it like that. They look at it like, they look at it like, I don't know, like he's scared, but realistically, if you're not in his shoes as fans, watching as fans years and years, has a completely different impact. You can watch John on the outside, you can watch him on the inside, of the, inside the octagon and everywhere that, you know, that you're able to see him, you know, what you have access to, what the media publishes, but, you know, what you see on the internet as, as well, but, you know, you don't get to see every little thing. I mean, literally thinking about it who else does john need to fight give me give me a list of fucking people that that john should fight that's gonna be an absolute sell i mean obviously it's gonna do good because it's john jones but there's no matchups that get me absolutely just pumped up like oh my god they're involved john jones realistically unless it's a fight at heavyweight now i'm not saying like i'm not excited to see John fight or something like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm just saying it. it's not. He's not in that position. Like not, I'm not. I don't mean this in a bad way at all. He's not in that position to where he needs to fight contenders. So when it comes to light heavyweight, I'm solely talking about Jan Blahovich's fantastic win that he's had, and there's no other need for no other topic. It's just, it's just hard to reign. You know, it happens with all the divisions. Anybody that's reigned on top of the division for years and years and years, it's going to be weird when you don't have the person who was a face of that or face of that organization or face of that weight class for so long. You know, it's a passing of the torch. It happened with the best fighters in the world. It happened with guys like BJ Penn, Tito Ortiz, 
Chuck Liddell when Chuck started losing. You know what I mean? So it happens. John Jones didn't necessarily lose, and GSP is only two losses. He avenged those two and, you know, kind of essentially went out on his own terms. Is he fully retired? I do not know. But, you know, there's, there's still, like, a lot of fun fights for John. I'm just saying, like, I keep saying it over and over and over and over and over, and I know, and I know, and I know I keep saying it. But there's just, it has to make, be a fight that makes sense. It has to be a fight that, um, you know, he's the, be a fight that he's looking forward to. Something that gets you excited. Because, like, if you're not excited for just, just anything in general, like, you're not even going to enjoy it. So, John's, if, let alone a fight, if you're not excited, if you're not motivated to train, then really defeats the purpose. You know, one foot in, one foot out. I just got done talking about this on Twitter. This is not a sport to be doing that with. And we see what happened to, who was it? Who was it we talked about? We just talked about this last, uh, what is it? The last episode. We just talked about this. It's not a sport to be doing that with. So ladies and gentlemen, um, what's next for John Jones? You know, a, a, a fight at, fight at light heavyweight no I mean fight with Blahovich seems exciting I'll be I'll you know at the end of the day I'll watch it but I just you know it's, it doesn't make that it's not as exciting as a fight at heavyweight I mean can and we're back ladies and gentlemen um so to continue off what we were talking about earlier right Stipe versus John Jones however that makes for a very interesting fight that's one of those fights that we're talking about here, right? That's a fight that's intriguing. That's a fight that a lot of people would be excited for. I mean, look at what Stipe's body of work. I mean, the most successful heavyweight champion in UFC history. Regarded as the baddest man on the planet. Beat Daniel Cormier. Only man, only other man other than John Jones to beat Daniel Cormier. You know, how about this? I mean, can John Jones, John Jones beat Cormier? Stipe beat Cormier, so now let's see if Stipe can beat John Jones. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. I mean, Jan Blachowicz, you know, Stipe didn't really, you know, comparing Stipe to Jan Blachowicz was obviously a huge, you know, disrespect to Stipe. No disrespect to Jan as well. I mean, obviously, they're in different weight classes, done different things, different, you know, obviously different experience. Jan probably has a little bit more MMA experience and more fights than Stipe does on his record, but, you know, we got to look at two different things. It's two different things, but... You know, if, like, basically what I'm trying to reiterate is that John goes down instead and fights at light heavyweight. Okay, that's not really going to make anyone too excited, really. Versus John fighting the most successful heavyweight champion that UFC's had and a guy who's also beat a guy that John fought. And John beat Steve, uh, DC handily both times. Stipe didn't. It's a very interesting fight because, you know, you look at Stipe, I mean, he has power, but he doesn't have that Francis Ngannou-like power or that Anthony Rumble Johnson kind of power. He just, he boxes really good. He can hurt you. Every single punch he throws, you know, breaks your freaking level of life down piece by piece. He's one of those guys that eventually beat the hell out of you to the point where, you know, like I said, in that, fight, that second fight with Cormier, you know, Stipe was able to weather the storm and come back. You know, he, he landed those vintage body shots and hurt him on the feet with the combination and then stunned him and, you know, ultimately got the finish, won the rematch and won the third fight as well. So, and Stipe's been doing some handily things at heavyweight, man. He's been doing some excellent things 
and he's been fighting really well at heavyweight, and he's been obviously been at heavyweight his entire career, but you know the the surge that Stipe has made since being the guy who just has to knock everybody out and prove that he needs he's gonna get a shot. You know he's screaming that one time, "Where's my shot?" You know he's beating everybody in the first round, and you know obviously proved his worth and proved why he deserved the title shot against Verdum. You know fast forward, he beats Verdum, and you know. Goes on to defend the title three times against Alistair, against Francis Ngannou, and against Junior Dos Santos, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, Stipe has done some amazing ass things. He's an amazing fighter. And if you look at his social media and the, the interviews as of late and just everything, Stipe Miocic, he has definitely come out the woodwork. He has definitely, you know, established that really interesting, fun, and, you know, uh, you know, he's like that personality that you want to get behind and stuff. So Stipe, is, you know, he's doing everything right right now. So, um, you know, now thinking about it, it's like the fight with John Jones makes so much sense, man. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting so excited, getting a little goosebumps talking about it. But, yeah, man, it's a good fight. I mean, it makes more sense for me for John to fight that than Jan Bohovic. Because, say, if, for example, if John beats Stipe, that's, that's adds to the legacy, man. John Jones... Youngest ever UFC champion, 23 years old, multiple title defenses at light heavyweight, cleared out the entire light heavyweight division from 2011 to 2020. Oh, my God. As crazy as that sounds, I mean, like, geez, John Jones is, you know, the shit. He's been the shit for so long, and he's one of those rare guys that fought through multiple generations of fighter, or gen not generations, but different, um, you know, different, you know, eras in the fight game and stuff since 2011 to 2020 now if you look at the way that UFC's evolved and all the fighters and all that you know not everybody you know everybody's well versed in multiple areas in the game and just the whole production the way that the, the way that the UFC's um ran just everything you know mixed martial arts overall has evolved a lot since 2010 and 11 so I mean obviously John like I said John's fought through multiple generations of fighters and you know eras and you know he just He's continued to stay on top. You know, his last two fights, obviously, were a lot closer. But, you know, it, it, it's, no, it's no, obviously, no excuse and stuff. I mean, look at the way that the game's going. He still ended up winning. They were just closer. <coughs> Excuse me. Ooh, sneezed right on my leg. But, yeah, so, I mean, John's two fights, I mean, maybe his last two fights, he's not been as motivated. I mean, obviously, like I said, John does well in rematches, and John, you know, mo most times and not, he dominates his opponents through and through, throughout the entire fight, but, you know, that just shows you, you know, how damn good the light heavyweight division is getting, and, you know, obviously, you don't really want to, I can understand what people are saying about John, you know, when they throw out the little assumptions that John's afraid of Reyes, I don't, like, I keep going back to, keep saying this, I don't think he's afraid of Reyes, but I can definitely, you know, uh, what is it? sympathize with people that are thinking, you know, uh, there's some people probably that are thinking, you know, John had two last close fights, right? So why don't we continue to see if those were just two very tricky opponents, maybe he can beat a Jan Bohovic handily and win back that belt. There's a side of me who wants to see that, but, you know, I'm looking at the options overall and looking at it like on a, a sp like spectating on all potential options and all the things that we can see for John next and what makes the most sense. But, you know, like I said, I'm not weighing out all the potential options. You know, there's a lot of things to talk about, a lot of things to get excited about, a lot of things to offer knowledge about and stuff. So why not? That's why we're here. Like 
like I said, oh, oh, nine times out of ten, the Stipe fight versus the Jan fight for John is a lot more intriguing. I think that um, it makes a lot more sense. And, um, you know, overall, legacy-wise, for both men, both Stipe and John Jones, it makes a, a lot more sense. You know, for Stipe, he beats John Jones, and not only beat the light heavyweight champion, but to beat a guy who has been streaking all the way since 2011. For John Jones, he it will be, you know, if he beats Stipe, he beats the best heavyweight champion of all time, dominates the light heavyweight division, moves up a weight class, and beats the heavyweight champion. Are you kidding me? That's like the perfect story tell fairy tale ending to a career man that's amazing so the, you know the, the the options that we've got are very exciting but you know like i said we can't sit here and get super excited about things that aren't in reality the, those are just potential realities and stuff and things we can get behind maybe as potential options but for right now i don't think like other than john and stipe there really is no other fights for john i mean i don't know like, say, for example, John doesn't get a title shot directly in heavyweight. Does he get one of the contenders? But I think at this point in time, John Jones has only been in title fights for a very long time. I haven't seen him in a non-title fight in so long, man. So it's going to be, it would be weird to see him in a non-title fight. So I think, like, you know, if I had to match make and put these fights together, I'd say probably just throw John in right away because he doesn't need a tune-up fight. He doesn't need it. I mean, I did campaign a while ago for the Derek Lewis fight, but there's, like, he doesn't need to prove himself. He doesn't need to answer anybody. He deserves a title shot. Give him the title shot. Don't make him fight contenders. Give him the title shot. I mean, the only person that's really chomping at the bit for a title shot, two people come to mind, Stipe, or uh, for Stipe Miocic, excuse me, is Francis Ngannou and Curtis Blades. Which, you know, Francis Ngannou, we've already seen Stipe fight him. Stipe, you know, weathered the storm early, was able to, you know, outpace, outgrapple, and, you know, outwork Francis and in route to a unanimous decision victory. So if you want to see some fresh blood, you can see a Curtis Blades fight, you know, obviously. But if you want to look at, if you want to really talk about Stipe's next two potential opponents, a lot of people are, you know, they're excited for the Francis and Ganyu fight for a second time to see what Francis has to offer the second time around. If he has improved, he significantly has improved. He's knocking people out still. He's looking impressive. He's getting better each and every time. Um, still as scary as ever, but you know, you're looking at, yeah, you know, that, is that going to still be enough to stop what Stipe has been able to do? You know, his, his IQ is off the charts, and he's absolutely amazing, so it's only a matter to see what Francis can potentially do, or we're going to get a Curtis Blades fight. What's Curtis going to try to do? Take him down? Stipe has good takedown defense, and, you know, he's a wrestler as well, and, you know, he's very sharp, he's very, um, you know, he's very knowledgeable, he's very, very aware of what can happen and shit like that, and I, I just don't think that, I mean, Curtis Blades, I don't I don't think a guy like Curtis Blades can be the one to beat Stipe Miocic, though, if someone's gonna beat a Stipe Miocic right now, it's not gonna be any, any of those guys at heavyweight right now, as of late, you know, no disrespects to anybody at heavyweight that's contending for the belt, or contesting to potentially fight for the belt against Stipe Miocic, but I feel John Jones is the biggest threat to him right now, there's no one else, I mean, I mean, if John went to Francis and Ganu, I know they talked about that some other time. That'd be cool. I mean, say you know, Stipe fights a normal contender like a Curtis Blades or something. John fights in Ganu. That would be a hell of an introduction into the heavyweight division. Um, I think because of the the way the Francis fights, to be honest with you, I don't. You know, he, he, that's gonna not be an exciting fight for John. He will win. It's just not gonna be as exciting. Nor will it be, um, you know, Stalin fights, and nor will it be. Um, you know, like a, a fight that, you know, want to see people want John to fight for the title. Like, no one's going to want to see John for a fight for a title if he just, 
kind of outclasses Francis in a not so much exciting fashion, but he still beats him or something like that. Because you got to watch out for every fucking punch of Francis and Ganu. So, you know, you, you can't really necessarily take time off with a guy like that. So, I mean, it, it just depends on what the UFC wants to do and how this rest of this year pans out. I mean, the events have been all really great so far. I mean, all the events have, you know, delivered some excellent, amazing fights, amazing fighters, amazing breakouts, amazing breakthroughs. I mean, look at Jan Blahovich. Look at, look at, um, obviously, um, Israel Adesanya, you know, knocking everybody out, knocking all the people, knocking down all the opposition. People want to talk shit or say that he doesn't fight, you know, he doesn't fight the top contenders or whatever else it is that they talk shit about. Man, he's he's looked absolutely amazing, man. Look at his track record. I mean, Yoel Romero, I mean, Anderson Silva, Paulo Costa, Kelvin Gastelum. Brad Tavares, those are some solid opponents, and like we said the other day on the post show, that he just kept leveling up and beating every single person that was in his way, and you know that's exactly why Israel is a champion. So we went from the co-main to the main, talking about the main. You know, Israel looks good. You know, for Israel next, you know, obviously for him, he's been boiling it over with John Jones a couple times, and that would be a fight. I would, you know, that's a that's a fun fight too. You know, add that to the list of John Jones. I know that. I talked about the John Jones, you know, there's nothing exciting for him at light heavyweight, but, you know, if John wanted to meet Israel Adesanya, maybe at a catchweight or at light heavyweight, that would be fun. You know, John doesn't need to fight for that title. They can make a super fight. So if they ever made that fight happen, that would be crazy. One of those guys have been beefing for super long and all that. So I don't know how realistic that one is. I'd pick probably a Steve before that happens if I were to bake on it. But um, it's just, you know, just a matter of what the UFC, like I said, has going on. So, I mean, just depends. But Style Bender's an absolute monster. He's, he's real good. So, but for right now, you know, I'm not really trying to rush Style Bender into any super fights. I want to see him fight a couple more contenders. Not because I don't think he can engage in super fights. I just, I just want to see it, man. I want to see him. I want to see what Jared Cannonier has. I want to see uh, who, who else is there at middleweight. I mean, Jared Cannonier. Other than Jared Cannonier, we got Darren Till, Robert Whitaker, but like you know, a lot of people said this. Even Ariel Hawani said this, but no one's really clamoring or jumping on a bandwagon to watch a Robert Whitaker number two fight for Israel, considering how it went. No one's really wanting to see Yoel Romero two or any of the Paul Costa two. I know he's campaigning for a rematch because uh, he's seen the viral video that Israel you know was raw dogged him and something like that. He humped him after the victory. After he you know, he was on his back landing nasty ground and pound, and they stopped the fight, and then he does that little. You know, thrusting his hips on on Paulo Costa's backside, so it's kind of weird, man. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it's a it's a fight and lot lots of bad blood built up and all that. So what's next for Israel? Like I said yesterday, or the, on the post show, you know, Jared Cannonier and or Darren Till, and um, depending on if he beats Jack Hermanson or depend on probably who has the most amazing performance because if you look at it, it's like a little middleweight tournament, as we said the other day. So. Uh, anyways, like I said, I think that's it for what we said about the main and co-main. We just came back to talk about this brief, obviously, everything John Jones. You know, briefly, Israel Asanya. But, you know, like I said, there's a lot more to come in the next couple weeks, or next next week or so, and a lot more things to come and be announced. And, you know, you never know what happens in, in the main world. This thing is so, his world's so unpredictable and stuff like that. So you really don't know what craziness or what fight announcements or who says what on Twitter or what goes on and all that. So it's been a pleasure, and it's, and, and it's awesome to do it and, you know, break these segments down and have little short editions of the show, which turn out to be some of the best ones that we can do. And, 
you know, it was fun to, you know, be able to share these, my share my thoughts, share my breakdowns, and share every single other thing that we can share that's under the sun, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I said, without further ado, like I said, if you guys know, if you don't know, now you know. We're available everywhere you get your shows. Kicking It With The King is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere you get your shows, ladies and gentlemen. Don't stress it. The link's in my bio. G The King Official on Instagram. GT King Official on Twitter. Uh, anchor.fm forward slash kwtk pod to listen stream and you know every single other episode of our show that we've done on anchor if it's easier for you all of our podcasts all our episodes are all available in our podcast feed everywhere you go uh, updated and every single time we have a brand new show it's released in 15 minutes or less ladies and gentlemen like i said this is gabriel hernandez signing off we will be back sooner rather than later more shows more short shows like this more segments and more things to come in the future ladies and gentlemen we're gonna have more shows more fun and we're gonna have we're gonna have good times we're gonna cover all the latest things or cover hot topics and stuff on top of our normal show that we usually have and we will be back on friday ladies and gentlemen for sure we'll be back on friday if not friday then saturday most likely friday ladies and gentlemen if not I apologize. We'll be back sooner rather than later. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get out of here. Bye, folks. Enjoy.